Welcome, football fans. How are we doing this week? My week name two, is... Baby. What a fucking week of football. Week two in the books. Love it now that we're back. Uh, my name is Alec Herman, co-host of Fantasy Football Fortunes, and you are watching, listening, excuse me, to Fantasy Football Fortunes. Yeah, now uh, watching you can find me yet. On- <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. We'll get there. Uh, you can find me at FFF underscore Hermdog. Uh, and I'm here today with uh, with Sam as well, uh, per usual. How's it going, everything? Sam? Good to see you again. <laughs> and Sam, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Sam Graham, S-A-M-M underscore G-R-A-H-A-M-M. Just my name with two N's at the end. And uh, I don't know if you all know this, but me and uh, Herman wanted to keep everything fresh. So we actually don't call or talk to each other uh, except for a little bit through text throughout the week. So when we get on this show, it's our first time to like get together and see each other again. So it's very exciting nowadays. <laughs> we try to give you the genuine reactions that we're experiencing as we unpack this week full of just action, really. Um, today we're going to be doing our normal. We're going to be previewing week three of the NFL uh, we're going to do it on our usual schedule, so we're going to break it up at part one uh, today, and then we'll, we'll do a part two tomorrow uh, that you'll be able to hear. Um, so we got a slate of eight or nine games. I don't know. I didn't count them. Uh, and so we'll get started with the Thursday night game right off the bat. Um, Carolina versus Houston. Um, we have the line here as the Panthers, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 44 um, and we have a couple narrative. We have one narrative, the obvious one here. Tyrod Taylor going down with uh, with injury. Uh, it doesn't look likely that he'll play. Um, and so Davis Mills gets the start. Sam, what does what does that mean for the uh, for the Texans? Well, I will steer calm. Um, except maybe Philip Lindsay. He seems to be really highly utilized in the red zone. Um, he's two <laughs> touchdowns two weeks in a row. Um, off of it, limited share of carries, and since he's being their most productive, um, I know that we uh, they're giving Mark Ingram a whole lot of carries. I think he had 26 carries week one, right? Yeah, a ridiculous amount. But um, I think it's just going to turn around, and Philip Lindsay uh, is just going to get more of that role. So I would expect him to be the only one that I would find worth playing. Um. Yeah. I guess he's only had five attempts. Yeah. Times, uh, but those were all in the red zone, and in Houston, you're kind of looking for a red zone finish. So we'll say this: Don't play your Houston Just Texans. Don't play your Houston <laughs> Texans. Yes. Uh, the only, actually, the only one that I would I would consider playing would be Brandon Cooks, um, solely because he does, for whatever reason put up strangely good numbers every week. Um, just close your eyes, plug your nose, and don't think about it when you plug Brandon Cooks into your lineup. But I do understand if that's a move you have to make. Um, other than that, this is going to be a nightmare for the Texans. Um, I'm hitting the under on this. Um, I don't think the Panthers cover the spread either, but I do believe that they hold the Texans uh, to significant, to not a lot of yardage. Um, the Panthers are a surprisingly good defense this year um, and have really proven it week over week that they might be one of the better units in the NFL, uh, surprisingly. Sit- sitting at 2-0, uh, I think they've all come out and shocked us this year. 
Uh, well, I, who do you like do on the Panthers side, with, Sam? I'm a big fan of the Panthers' defense this week. They've actually allowed the fewest amount of points to mm-hmm. the running back position this season, and actually only 57 yards through two games, which is really impressive. Um, and so start your Panthers' D against this Davis Mills-led uh, offense here. Um, obviously, you're going to start CMC. He's going to have a freaking field day, and it makes me really interested. Someone who I really think is going to show up today is actually going to be DJ Moore. Um, They're going to be moving the ball because they're going to have so much freedom, and when it comes to a lot of targets and a lot of receptions, he's kind of the man. Um, I'm having a little bit of internet trouble right now, so I can't look up any specific statistics, and I apologize for that. But... I do know that he's the team leader in that target behind uh, Chris McCaffrey right now. And um, I am a strong, and so start TJ Moore, and I bet Robbie Anderson even finds himself in the end zone again this week. So I'm an all-go on all your Panthers. And Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold started showing up week two, too, and I told you. I told you, but Dan Arnold. So (laughs) keep that in mind, though. Really, I'll go on the Panthers on this, like, shaken defense. The only uh, hesitation I might have is if they do score so many points right away, they might just be giving the CMC the ball all day long and have him just do what his thing is. There is always the chance that the uh, Panthers put up so many points that they just do not need to pass the ball anymore. Uh, and that that is an absolute concern in this game. Um, but I, I'm right there with you, Sam. Play DJ Moore. Play Robbie Anderson. Um, Terrence Marshall, uh, I don't know that I'm feeling him quite yet. He's uh, kind of shown up in, in spotted areas as a rookie. I don't think I'm comfortable starting him. Uh, but then Dan Arnold, Arnold as a streaming option, I think is just a fine play this week if you're really having to scrape the bottom of the barrel for tight ends. Um, anything else you want to say about this? Yeah, you typically... Yeah, you typically don't want to play a team's fourth or fifth option, which is what you're getting with Dan Arnold and um, Terrence Marshall. But what Sam Darnold has shown is he can kind of feed those four targets, especially when Robbie Anderson's targets are all going to be 20-plus yards deep. You know what I mean? Then he only needs his three or four to possibly get that big touchdown and get those big plays that you're looking for to give you actual fantasy production. Um, otherwise, uh, so DJ, I would feel comfortable starting, uh, Robbie Anderson. Like you said, if you are streaming tight end, you're going to, uh, you can grab Dan Arnold and feel comfortable about that. Um, I would also be really, I would be a little hesitant, um, on Sam Darnold or at least have expectations. He's not going to give you that boom blow away week, but he will put up a consistent number. And uh, obviously, CMC, you're all going. Yeah, and my mouth is watering being a CMC owner for this matchup. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about just benching the rest of my players on my team and just letting him go out and single-handedly uh, win me my week. Um, hey, I played one team this week that that would probably beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the dynasty. Yeah. Uh, All right, so moving on to game two, Um, Washington versus Buffalo. Uh, We have um, the Bills favored by nine in this game, and the over-under is 46. Um, I'm going to hit the under here. Uh, I also don't think the Bills cover that. Um, What do you like about this game, Sam? 
Oh, this game, I think, is going to be a really heavily defensive-driven game. And so I'm actually going to really go on the under in this, too. I think it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to look a lot like that first game um, between the Chargers and the Washington. Uh, you know, the, what the Chargers did with uh, the uh, with Washington, or Washington did with the Chargers. Sorry. I love <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But um, I agree. I think it's going to be low-scoring. I would— I was just looking at some stats today, and I saw Matt Milano is, like, the number six linebacker in coverage, and he's usually just spying that running back. And so – and he's only allowed three receptions. When he goes into coverage, he's only allowed four receptions at three yards of reception. So I would be really nervous, actually, about starting Dave, Devin Singletary this week. Hmm. And I know I said that earlier, but um, actually just kind of consider I uh, may have predict, uh, contradicted something I said earlier before the show. But um, the way I've been reading about the uh, – oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. I've been thinking around the wrong <laughs> player. I was thinking about a different defense. My mistake. I was thinking about uh, who um, – Because who the hell is Matt Milano? What team is he on? Matt Milano plays for Indiana. Gotcha. No, he plays for the Buffalo Bills. Matt Malone plays for the Buffalo Bills. I am right. So I was t- I was talking about Antonio Gibson. So <laughs> Devin Singletary. I'm an Antonio Gibson. I'm very hesitant on Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick this week because of Matt Milano, who is the middle linebacker and one of the better uh, middle linebackers in coverage in the NFL right now. And he is only allowed um, about – three yards per and four receptions that have been allowed in his coverage off of so many targets. And um, I really think that he is going to shut down that Washington offense and they might even have to go downfield. So, which really, I think the Washington football team is going to find themselves in a tight spot. This Especially week. considering that this is Taylor Haneke's first start. Um, so sorry about that coming around. And oh yeah, you're right. Start. Se- second start, start, second start. Um, taking over for the for Fitzpatrick, um, and he, I, I thought he looked good. I mean, all things considered, um, I expected it to be way worse. He threw one ugly looking pick that I believe James Bradbury just just ripped off of him. Um, but other than that, he he threw some nice throws. So I actually I, I actually like the pass catchers here for Washington uh, as much as you can going against the the Bills stout defense. Um, I think you got to play Terry McLaurin, uh, Logan Thomas. Um, I do think is an option as well. You're playing Antonio Gibson. Um, uh, although you, you know, you just heard what Sam said as well, but obviously he's a stud. Um, Taylor Haneke, I would not stream. The, he is too still, he's still too unproven here. Um, and this bill's defense is pretty good. So, um, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm not about playing Taylor Haneke. Um, Anyone else that we should talk about at Washington? Uh, Washington, you know, I noticed that Emmanuel Sanders is actually second in that team in targets. Oh, uh, that's that? Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, Washington. Sorry. Hey, guys. Sorry. I have bad intentions <laughs> sometimes, so I apologize. And clearly caught up hey, to you this time. We'll get to uh, the point, but we might take you on the detour. But no. Um, so what I was saying... On Washington, when I was looking at it, I noticed that there's Terry McLaurin, who's leading this team, obviously, in targets. And then second place is a three-way tie between uh, Adam Humphreys, Logan Thomas, and Deami Brown. 
And so no one has really proven themselves to be the number two on that target. And so you can tell they're just waiting for Curtis Samuel to come back. So I think, and I'm kind of interested to see if that's going to be week four. So this is kind of their last opportunity to really show up and prove that they, who wants to be the number two or even the number three on that team before Curtis Samuel gets back. And, uh, so if you believe in like a mentality narrative like that, you know, go for your Logan Thomas. Otherwise, play with caution on your Washington Redskins or your Washington football team this week. Uh, yeah, and and I will. Curtis Samuel, it did not look good. I know there's video of him when he pulled up from that injury, and he clearly knows that something's wrong. Now that wasn't uh, practice before the season started. That being said, I would be very very surprised if he's back here by week four. If he is. Do not play him. He will not be operating at 100%. Well, you don't play Curtis Samuel until you see him on the field for a full set of snaps. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. But when he gets introduced, he's not going to hurt Terry McLaurin. He's going to hurt um, everyone else on that field. You know what I mean? Those 10 targets are going to, yeah, it's just going to get yeah. worse. Logan forever. Thomas is it's not going to see as much work. Pro- J.D. McKissick will probably start tailing off. Um, J.D. McKissick is another one here. That, uh, again, he's very much like Naheem Hines, right? Like, he'll put up these boom weeks, but you will never be able to guess when the hell he's going to do it. Uh, And so, you know, flip a coin. You know, if you want to gamble on it, you can. Um, I don't like him in this matchup, and I would not be streaming him. Um, Moving over to the Bills side, uh, Josh Allen going up against a stout defense. He really has not looked... Like, I don't want to say 100%. He's looked fine, uh, but not the Josh Allen that I was hoping we'd see this year. Um, what do you think about that? But that was can be expected. You know, he had such an electric and unreal uh, top, uh, season last year that some regression towards normalcy was expected. And, you know, once you have a whole year of film of playing like that on tape, and showing up like that, teams start scheming themselves to start shutting you down and making you play in other ways. And I think we saw that a lot of that in why Devin Singletary had such a an above-average game last week. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and uh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. Um, the Buffalo, I, they just can't run the ball. That's what's blowing my mind is that they're actually just operating as an NFL team, unable to run the ball. Um, not that you would want to against this Washington front anyways. I actually believe that they're schemed. They have the skill players necessary to beat the football team this week. Um, uh, but, you know, it's just, just an interesting narrative that's going on. Um, I, you play your Buffaloes, you play your Bills, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, um, I think Emmanuel Sanders as well, right? Yeah, I yeah, like I said, Emmanuel Sanders is really like making him being like, "Hey, I'm on this team. I'm here to be here." You know, he's had uh, averaging seven targets a game right now, and then there's Cole Beasley. Would you start Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley? Oh God, probably Cole Beasley so, to be honest. So. Cole Beasley had 13 targets in that first game. Uh, and he had a 91% snap percentage. But then he dropped to only four targets in week two against Miami. What was the snap percentage? Do you know? No. 
Oh, it hasn't been released gotcha. yet. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go do all that math, everybody. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> uh, interesting. But, yeah, and then the football team here has uh, been 10th in points to wide receivers right now. So, you know, they're not – they're pretty middle of the pack, but kind of top upper end. Two receivers are going to do well here, and I would say it probably is more of a coin flip between Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders. Um like I said, I uh, think that slot, it's going to be, and Cole Beasley is that slot guy, and usually in those situations, that guy in that slot gets a lot more of those carries. Yeah. Or catches, sorry. No, you're right. absolutely right. And and catch, targets, catches, that equals fantasy points. So, um, yeah, I'm more for and, the you volume. Know, right now, the fo- and the football team is averaging, uh, allowing over 230 yards a game to receivers. And so if they do that to Josh Allen, Josh Allen's going to have a freaking field day and look like him old self again. And then that's plenty of yards to be spread around. So I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a huge, huge day. Yeah, I agree. And they're not going to be able to run the ball, so they're going to have to move it throwing. Uh, So I think you're good to play those pass catchers. Uh, Moving on to Chicago uh, against Cleveland. We have the Browns projected as 7.5-point favorites. The over-under is uh, 46 and a half. Hmm, that is an interesting over-under. I It shows a lot of faith, uh, lack of faith that the Vegas would have for Justin Fields, you know? Yeah, I, I actually think I'd go the over here. Um, all things considered, I, I like the Cleveland offense a lot. I think, like, no one can stop them at this point. I, it's yet to be proven. Um Chicago Bears, I also don't think their defense is all that great. Uh, like, it's it's fine. It's not bad by any means, but it's not that top 10, top 5 Chicago defense you're used to seeing on the field. Um, uh, we have Baker Mayfield. We obviously have the, the narrative of Andy Dalton, who may or may not play at this point. Um, um, it looks like Andy Dalton won't be playing this week, but is not out for week okay. four. And that's what Matt Nagy's kind of saying is that uh, Baker Mayfield is, you know what I mean? He's filling up. He's the backup. And everyone's kind of like, but is he still going to be the backup, you know, after he plays? So if he comes out here and he does well, do you think they bench Andy Dalton moving forward? Uh, Yeah. Um, I've been an advocate. I've been saying by week five, Justin Fields will either start week five or take over the second half of week five, but be the starter by week six. And it's just so happening to uh, happen sooner. You know, when they played L.A., he played, it looks like he played 42 snaps with 20 passes. Um, And it's just like, so they're using him. They're getting his feet wet. They're really easing him in. So I wouldn't be surprised if they even keep doing like this half and half and just kind of mixing them in little by little. Yeah, and obviously he was thrust into action because of injury. Um, I do think, you know, as far as DFS goes, uh, Justin Fields is an interesting option to, to pay up this week just because he's so cheap. Um, in fantasy, I wouldn't feel confident starting him against this Cleveland Browns defense. They're pretty good. Um, the pass catchers, obviously degraded. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot mind you, uh, but degraded nonetheless because of Andy Dalton, um, uh, Andy Dalton's injury and disappearance. Um, Allen Robinson, 
Do you play him this week? Uh, if you have Allen Robinson, you got to play him this week. If they're going to move the ball through the air, uh, for a rookie quarterback, he's going to be looking to his top-skilled uh, veteran he's got. So I would expect Allen Robinson to be out there doing game, being force-fed the ball if it's not going into David Montgomery's hands. But again, but who knows how that's all going to work out. Um, the Browns have allowed two touchdowns to the tight ends and about 48 yards per game. So oh, it makes me curious if maybe Cole Komet might break out of his shell and get a touchdown here today. I do think David Montgomery is going to get a shit ton of work. Uh, they're going to lean on him with Justin Fields, and I think he'll get short targets, and I think he'll get a good bit of carries since Cleveland plays um, a heavy rush attack as well. Um, moving over to the Brown side, uh, we got Baker uh, without Jarvis for sure. He uh, sprained an MCL last week, Jarvis Landry. Um, Odell Beckham, is and he coming back? It sounds like OBJ. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. Everything I read um, – He's still marked on as out on most of these websites here. Yeah, and I and, it did not look promising. Everything like And even if he does come back, it'll be they're forcing him back because he they don't have Jarvis Landry and they need that receiver. And and when he does come back, OBJ has never come back from an injury and been effective. It's always limited his usage, and with already with him and Baker struggling to ever find a rhythm between the two of them, I just don't see it. And I would be honestly, I'm really timid about Browns wide receivers, and it kind of makes me think Kareem Hunt might be a play to look at. This I week. like the Kareem Hunt play a lot. Um, so OBJ may play, may not. We are gonna, for the sake of this show, assume that he's not because I don't think we think he's gonna be ready. Um, first off, if he is ready, do not play him. It's his first game back. Chicago is not bad at guarding corners. Um, if he's not playing, who can you look at? Uh, I know Donovan People Jones uh, is a big target. Uh, Priest had some preseason hype. Um, you know, I just haven't seen anything from him to be honest. He has not impressed me uh, whatsoever. The other person that I have my eye on is Anthony Schwartz. Um, he's a third round pick that they got out of the draft this year. And he is a blazer. Um, I actually think he was the fastest wide receiver in the combine, uh, in the draft, excuse me. And don't quote me on that, but he ran like a four, two something. Um, and he showed it week one. He put up 68 yards receiving on five targets, three catches. And he also took a carry for 17 yards. So I think he has the chance to become, uh, uh, a good wide receiver to step in that role that you can stream. He he then ghosted you last week, even after Jarvis Landry went down. And looking at the Browns' depth chart, you see that Rashard Higgins is actually their number two. Um, but Rashard Higgins has only gotten two receptions this week, this season, so or two targets for two receptions this season. And it'll be interesting. Really, I'm curious, because if OBJ, it's Rashard Higgins and Anthony Schwartz as the one and two, and who knows how that's going to go. So maybe even Austin Hooper and David Njoku will find themselves needing to be part of this offense to make some production. Yeah, and take last week with a with a grain of salt um, because they did only pass for 199 yards. They really did not have to do anything other than run it on Houston last week. So 
Um, I think once they get into a game where they actually might have to pass, there will be passing options that open up. I do like those tight end calls. Uh, David Njoku's been the one that I've got my eye on. Um, he, he, he looks legit. He looks like a, a good, solid, athletic tight end there. Um, I think they're going to really want to put the game on Nick Chubb's back and have Nick Chubb just run this game. But I do not believe they're going to have that capability. I don't think they'll be able to do it this week like they did it last week. Last week they did. They just gave right, the ride to Nick Chubb and they said, but, hey, here you go. Just take the game for us. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to do the, that. And they're going to want to do that again, especially without OBJ. And they'll try it again, for, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, defenses. Uh, I don't feel great about these defenses, but I also don't feel horrible. I wouldn't play Chicago's defense. Um Cleveland's defense, I do think you can play. I bet there's going to be at least one turnover for each defense this game. So if you have to decide on your over-under how many points you think are going to be scored. And we are moving on to the Broncos and the Jets game. Uh, so this is going to be a beatdown, right? I mean, the, Jet, the Jets just don't stand a chance. They look so bad last week. The, the only reason it's a 41-point over-under is because the Broncos are just going to stop trying to score points after they're up by three scores. They'll just be like, and we're done. Yeah, Broncos are favored in this one by 11. The over-under is 41. I mean, and that 11 points, this is, is gonna come, they're going to catch up to that 11 points in the garbage time. That's what's going to happen. For sure. I'm taking the uh, under, or I'm taking the over on this one, and I, the Broncos are not going to cover the spread, uh, being 11 points. Um, Teddy B has been balling out, though. I'm a big fan of Teddy B. Um, he threw like 150 something yards to Cortland Sutton last week, uh, with Judy being out. Uh, Noah Fant also caught a touchdown. Uh, so that's 173 great. yards uh, off 10 receptions last week. Just didn't manage to get that touchdown, Cortland Sutton. He killed it. Killed it. Killed it. And he'll find the end zone. And it might be this week against and the Jets. I've been real fool. Melvin Gordon really proved to be the hot hand going 24 rushes for 132 yards and a touchdown. Or maybe that is all season. Maybe that's a full season stat there I just read. Yeah, I think Cortland Sutton yeah, had 170 yards season. too, just to correct a <laughs> just to correct yeah. our previous statement. Uh, but yes, Melvin Gordon uh, did not rush nearly as well as Sam just said this last week. He had, about, he had about 30. Yeah, yards, he went 13 uh, rushes for 30 yards, which is a lot more of what you're going to see, what I expected you to be seeing from Melvin Gordon. <laughs> like I said, Melvin Gordon's big play. He had a really big 70-yard rush week one. Outside of that, the man has not broken 30, 31. He's 31 yards for two games in a row outside of a 70-yard touchdown on 10 carries or more. Cortland? I want to say Javante also carried it for 13 times Jav- that game and posted 60-something maybe? Javante Williams has proven to be, yes, he's the one they're going to. He has outrushed them with 14 and 13 carries and got 64 yards last game. Has just failed to find that touchdown, which they don't need to because Teddy throws the touchdowns in. Yeah, so So play play all your Broncos, I guess is what we're saying. Maybe uh, show hesitation on Melvin Gordon. Um, I guess you didn't draft him as a starter, so don't play him as one. His production um, just hasn't been enough. And right now, the limited touch, uh, red zone and touchdown play by the Broncos, 
um, how they're really throwing it in is also a little nerve wracking for the running backs. Yeah. Um, anyone else you like this week outside of the guys um, we mentioned? I love Noah Font. Um, I think this is going to be a big week for him. You know, with Jerry Judy, uh, Noah Font, and Tim Patrick are really val- uh, weekly starting plays um, until we see something else. Tim Pat. Let me pull it up really quick. But like I said, like you said, uh, Ted, Teddy B is really pull, spreading out the ball. And Tim Patrick managed to get, uh, well, I guess he only got four targets last year, but he did average over 12 yards a catch. So he's being effective, and he managed to score that touchdown. That's two touchdowns in a row. So he is a player that they are looking for to get that ball in the end zone and in the red zone. So I would be, I'm not afraid to play Tim Patrick, just as I wouldn't be afraid to play Noah Font. So, all right, digressing, because um, uh, I'm still just stuck on Melvin Gordon. <laughs> uh, Melvin, Go- Melvin Gordon or Miles Gaskin this week? Melvin Gordon or Miles Gaskin this week? Um, I would just, I would definitely be going Miles Gaskin just because we've seen Melvin Gordon losing his spot and like his lack of production. Like they were probably hoping maybe he could get one more big boom play this week, but outside of long touchdowns, he really hasn't done much. Miles Gaskin is low on attempts. He's yet to break 10 in rushing attempts, but he is getting those targets, getting five targets a game. And he's been averaging over five yards a carry in both games while also getting over 20 yards in those receptions. So he's also having over five yards a catch. So and with them stepping up against the Buffalo defense, they're going to be looking short. They're going to need to run it because that secondary is very, very good. I think it's top three according to Pro Football Focus. Um, Are you talking about Miles Gaskin? Miles Gaskin against Buffalo. So they're good. Does he play Buffalo this he week or Buffalo did he play last Buffalo week? last Sorry. week? So they're going against Vegas. Oh, like an even more vol- – so that's what I'm saying. He put yeah. those stats up against Buffalo. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Going against Vegas, they're going to be much more vulnerable. And um, I would definitely be playing Miles Gaskin over Melvin Gordon this week. All right, Melvin Gordon or Telvin Coleman going to the other side of the table um, here. Telvin Coleman isn't getting double-digit carries, is he? I, I, I'm just trying to get you to say Melvin yeah, Gordon because yeah, I know yeah, you hate him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Col- I would definitely be going Melvin Gordon over any uh, New York receiver, except Ty Johnson maybe because Ty Johnson looked good on Sunday, man. Yeah, a couple killer runs. He went twelve. He had twelve attempts for fifty yards. Um, he really was just missing that touchdown. But you know, over four yards to carry. So if you gotta go Jets running back, don't be afraid to go Ty Johnson. But I will say that I bet Melvin Gordon has uh, more touchdown potential. You know me. I'm team. I'm team. Uh, team Ty over yeah, here. It looks like we're gonna be <laughs> waiting gonna, gonna a while to get for a uh, Michael Carter to decide he wants to be fantasy relevant so i think we've come to the conclusion don't play any of the jets running backs um zach wilson played really badly last week um we told you don't play rookie quarterbacks against new england it does not work out well a far majority of the time uh i don't think i'd play him here you probably don't have to i don't think he's an, even a, even a streamable option the broncos d is pretty good um I think I would play Corey Davis this week. I bet you he bounces back. We uh, told you Corey Davis was going to get shut down last week, um, and he did. And so I think he, he'll he be all right here. He'll get hyper-targeted again. 
which is and great. That's the only reason Other he's than that, I'm playing relevant. no one. The only reason Corey Davis will be relevant is because it's just the hyper targets and them needing to volume is king. Ball down his face. Volume is king. Uh, but yeah, a- anyone else on the Jets here? I-, I don't think we have spent a whole heck of a lot of time on well, this. You know, Jamie and Sherwood, one of their starting uh, defensive backs, is still out. So they're really going to be looking. Um, their secondary is still weakened, so they're going to be throwing the ball. Ah, it's the Jets. Their secondary is weakened every year. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, yeah, go, you know, play your Broncos. I'm hesitant. Not, I'm curbing all my Jets until I see something. Um, I don't think Corey Davis is going to be consistent enough to be relied upon. All right. What, do you disagree? Is that a sigh of disagreement? Come on, you can argue with me here. No, that's the big breaking fantasy news today. It's, uh, don't play the Jets. Just trying to be thorough. (laughs) Big, love it, love it. Uh, All right, next up, uh, moving on from that, it's probably going to be a dismal game. Baltimore Baltimore and Detroit. Detroit is better. Hey, Aubrey, I just want you to line that up so we actually do say it at the same time because that was pretty dope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it takes us a couple takes to get this right, folks. (laughs) This is perfection in the making. Uh, So we have the Lions at the Ravens. Um, the Lions, uh, the line on this one is uh, 49 and a half, uh, uh, Ravens by nine, excuse me. The over-under is 49 and a half. Uh, the Lions have impressed me with their offense. Uh, they, like, I get that they're 0-2. They have looked better than I expected them ever to come out and look. Uh, do you agree yeah, with me? apparently Jared Goff, a game manager, apparently a game managing quarterback was, was exactly what the Detroit Lions needed. They didn't need high slinger. Let's throw the ball and get some points. Matt Stafford for the last twelve years. They needed sit back, it's like sit back and let his coach run the team and not try to make any big plays. Jared Goff to just become an efficient team. I mean, obviously their second half they fell apart and couldn't get anything happening. But that first half, man, dude, and he's killing it. He's making some good throws, yeah. like stuff that I'm like, holy, is that? Are we sure Matthew Stafford hasn't left? Um, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just be on impressed um, with the with the Lions. Granted, it hasn't equated to wins. Uh, most of these targets are going to the running backs and T.J. Hawkinson. Um, T.J. Hawkinson is a beautiful, beautiful man, and I am so thrilled that I drafted him everywhere because he is just killing it. Start him with confidence. Um, DeAndre Swift is, has also turned it on. Um, uh, you got to play Swift here. Uh, Jamal Williams, I actually think, is starting to get faded out a little bit. His snap percentage has decreased over the last uh, since week one. Um, uh, he's only getting about 30, 33%, a third, essentially, of the snaps. Um, and so that concerns me a little bit, but I do think the, the passing volume will be here for him. Uh, what do you think about the the Lions side, Sam? You know, like you said about um, what's his name? Shoot, uh, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> um, so the Ravens are allowing about twenty points per game to the running back, 
And the Detroit Lions have shown that they are a very split backfield. They give Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift uh, equal opportunity, which makes me nervous about uh, both of them really exceeding. I think they're both safe plays. Um, Hopefully you're putting them in your flex if you have to play them. But um, otherwise, what was that? I just accidentally clicked and I'm having trouble reloading. But I think uh, I saw Quintez Watkins was the first receiver. Uh, was that Quintez Cephas? Oh yeah, sorry, Quintez Cephas. But had the most uh, receptions uh, at, out of any wide receiver at seven. And both running backs and TJ Hawkinson are all in the double digits. So there's such yeah. a huge spread, you know, and it's classic Jared Goff football to not be giving your balls to your wide receivers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so. And none of these guys have really shown up. You know, the interesting thing is Tyrell Williams, the most senior uh, wide receiver on the team, has only gotten two targets. Oh, he's injured. Or three. He didn't but play yeah, last week. You know, oh, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's just like they have all these new guys, yeah. but then there's like a, and there's seven for Quintez Safias. Khalif Raymond has five. Amon Ross St. Brown has five. Um, and it's just evenly spread. And there's, there's not just a nothing. And they're not giving it, they're not the giving it away. They're, yes, they're letting their running backs run it. And they're both, both their running backs are running it over. I've ran it over 15 times this season. It's just like... Dude, they, they're both catching a shit ton of passes, yeah, that's too. What that's what I'm saying. They both have, have had double-digit yeah. receptions in the seat. Yeah. And are catching over 75% of the passes thrown their way. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're playing great. And, and no, TJ, they're all looking good because you can't play it. There's no receivers for the Lions that are worth playing. Yes. Nope. There's no receivers here. Don't play any of them. Uh, the Ravens, uh, they haven't really shown it, but they should have a good pass defense. Um, uh, obviously, it's been disappointing. Um, you're playing Lamar Jackson. Uh, God, I thought last week was going to be so horrible for him, and he ended up turning it around, uh, willed himself to victory. Uh, and then running back-wise, Tyson had a decent game last week. Um, I do think you can, I mean, you play all your Ravens, you know, all the ones you can, uh, against this Detroit Lions defense, Tyson, um, good play Latavius Murray. If you really have to flex him, um, he is so much obviously worse than Tyson Williams. Uh, they're going to continue to run a split backfield like they always do. Um, but I don't, I'm not excited about it, but I do think he could fall in the end zone in this one. Marquise Brown has been balling out. Uh, I think Marquise Brown is a definite play here. Um, I, I, I haven't projected to have a good game. And l- let's expect a Mark Andrews comeback. So <coughs> I just want to say on Marquise Brown, you know, like he had a really good game and he caught his balls. And we were always worried. You know, my biggest concern of Marquise Brown is the man has trouble catching. I've seen it. And like, it just like his stats are not always there for that. But he it did average over 18 yards a catch last game, which is just not sustainable. And he only caught about 60 or only caught 60% of his passes, six out of 10. So it's just, you know what I mean? He managed to make the most of what he could get, but they're trying to give him the ball. But once again, you see a lot of passes that didn't go through and he didn't come. After catching six for six last game, I guess six catches is his barrier. He can't get past that. 
Hey, six might be all he needs, though. He's getting double-digit hey, fantasy if, points if for any you. If any receiver is averaging over 18, almost 19 yards a carry that, or a catch, then you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's fast as But that, that was only sure. last week. On the season, I'm just doing quick math top of my head. Looks like he's just over 15 yards a carry uh, or 15 yards a catch this season. Catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is pretty significant, honestly. Sammy Watkins, I also think, is a good flyer here. Um, if you're looking for just a quick play. You know, Sammy Watkins uh, is that guy. He can always score 30 points in a week. He's going to score 30 points at some point this week. Or uh, some point this season. You just you're playing oh. him the week he does. <laughs> yeah, and it's impossible to predict. But I do think you can stream him on this one. Um, yeah, what, what else is there to say? Mark Andrews, you're playing him. Uh, hopefully he has a comeback. I know it's been disappointing. Um, it looks like we're having more technical problems. Folks. We'll move on. We'll, we'll move on from there. And now the good Doctor Freak Nasties, Freak Nasty Pixels. Oh, hello again, my freaky friends. It is I, the good Doctor Freak Nasty. Now let's get it. Last week, Miles Gaskin and Hunter Henry were very disappointing, but my boy Cordero was ready to freak and made that Tampa defense look weak. Now, this week, you're not going to believe it, but my first pick is Quintus Cephas. Playing for Detroit is rough, but Quint is going to rise above and show you some love. Usually with Baltimore, it's defense and say no more. But Quintez is going to take hold and break the mold, at least getting one touchdown this time around. Now, it's not Christmas, but we will be singing Emmanuel because Emmanuel Sanders is going to hook up with Jake Allen for big time stats, and you can believe that. Now, when we come around to my last freak of the week, you gotta believe it's gonna be Ty Johnson. He's gonna be on one, like Action Bronson. I gotta tell you, the Jets been rough, but he's gonna be tough and at least score one touchdown through the air in this week three. Believe me, love me, no one is above me. Now it is I, the good Dr. Freak Nasty, saying get freaky and keep it nasty. Well, sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties uh, coming to you back now. Uh, this will all be in one episode, just to heads up. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Um, I have bad internet, and uh, I learned about it the hard way. So I've made the corrections. I'm all hardwired in. Uh, you younger people, I don't know if you know what Ethernet cables are, but I have them all over my living room right now, so I'm ready to go, and that doesn't happen again. <laughs> Sam was so. in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Anyways, moving forward to the Arizona Jacksonville game. Um, let me pull up the line here. We do have it at 52 um, with Cardinals favorites by seven and a half. Ooh, uh, that's kind of enticing. Um, I'm taking that spread. Uh, I also like the under here just because it's a 52 point spread and Jacksonville's probably not going to score that much. What stands out to you in this game, Sam? Um, the Arizona receivers are the ones I'm really excited. Obviously, you have DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, what's his name? Kyler Murray really did a good job at getting everyone included last week uh, against the Vikings. Um, A.J. Green had six targets himself. 
Uh, Rondell Moore had a couple of big plays with a, yeah, had eight targets with seven receptions, managed to find him his way into the end zone. Rondell Moore had a pretty crazy game. Um, and I think that is just because the ball happened to go to Rondell Moore that, that, that day. Um, I think Christian Kirk also has a chance to pop off like that. You know, he had four targets, three receptions, at 21 points. So, slowing you, slowing you down on that Rondell Moore take, though, I do think Rondell Moore is establishing himself as a very decent wide receiver. He actually has more targets than DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, right now. Sam? Absolutely. Rondell Moore is a significant part of that offense, and his role is going to grow, and he's actually the top, like you said, the top receiver of that team right now. Um, But do I think that he's a surefire start over Christian Kirk at this point? You know, Christian Kirk has really shown that he's not going to go away without a fight. He's going to be there, and he's going to try, you know, he scored two touchdowns week one. And so I just I honestly am saying you can start all three of those and be comfortable. Yeah, I do think you can start all three of them, but I would play Rondell Moore over Christian Kirk. But you're right. The the Arizona offense is electric right now. So fun fact, I actually had someone in our dynasty message me today because they had Rondell Moore in their taxi, but they have Christian Kirk on their bench. Is it worth pulling Christian uh, Rondell Moore from your taxi squad to, instead of playing Christian? So Kirk? not if you have better options. I'm in a similar situation where I have Elijah Mitchell on my taxi squad, uh, and I've considered pulling him up a couple of times. But because I have Miles Sanders, CMC, and Joe Mixon, I wouldn't play him any over any of those starters, anyways. So I'm not pulling so, him up. If you're if you need to start him, yes, I think you pull him up. So really quick for those who don't know, uh, dynasty taxi squads apply to dynasties, and it lets a player sit on a young player for their rookie year or even their first two years until that player can develop. Um, uh, so it saves you room on your roster, and in dynasty, you kind of sit on those players until you're absolutely sure you want them in your starting roster and taking up that bench spot in case, instead of just having them. So unless you're absolutely like, he, I need to start him this week, I would not be pulling anyone Because you can't put him back in your taxi after you pull him out. Once you pull him out, you can't put a player So then it's just an empty taxi. spot. Right. So you're better off keeping him in there as long as possible. Um, anyways, though, that you know, that's probably deeper, a little bit deeper. Um, running, but just just so none of our listeners. Of course, are- of course. Um, r- running backs here, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, I think are both good plays. Um, so g- go ahead and play them. Jacksonville stinks on defense. I think James Conner, you're hoping for a touchdown, and Chase Edmonds, you're hoping for a lot of catches. What do you like so, on the Jacks? Oh, sorry. What I'm- no, I was just going to say, uh, Arizona throws in the red zone. You know, that's just how they've been playing. Yeah. Um, Jack- Jacksonville side of the ball, I'm staying away from it. Uh, you know, you can play James Robinson just at a sheer volume play. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to be – I'm not too excited. I am scared of the receivers here. I'm scared of Trevor Lawrence. And uh, anyway, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, James, I agree with your James Robinson take. I think you're fine playing him. Two guys I actually like in here. I think you can stream Trevor Lawrence. Arizona's going to put up a shit ton of points, uh, and Jacksonville's going to be throwing just the whole game. So look for a very similar week to Trevor Lawrence's week one this year. Um, Secondly, I also like Marvin Jones here. 
I think he has provided a pretty consistent floor, um, and he's definitely a streamable option. Um, so I, I feel good about that. Sam, what are you most excited about? Who? What player makes you most excited in this game? Honestly, most excited player is going to be Kyler Murray because he's just going to keep showing that he's going to be the number one quarterback this year. I've been saying it all season. Uh, Kyler Murray is just awesome. Also, I think if, this is the game to prove if Rondale Moore shows up and is the number most targeted or number two, number one receiver on this team. He shows that he's legit, he's all go, and he is a forever season value. Uh, right Who do you think bat. is a good sleeper option if I'm just trying to flex someone? Sleeper option? Uh, mm, honestly, Max Williams. He was really involved last year with, or last week when they were playing the Vikings. He had a few really good plays. Um, he snuck by everyone. No one really saw it coming. And I think that is pretty significant as well. So I would be a big fan um, so far this season, the Jaguars have given up the ninth most uh, fantasy points to the tight end position, um, allowing 131 yards through two games. So, you know, they're pre- they're not invulnerable there. So Max Williams, if you're looking for a weird deep stream uh, at tight end, I would not be upset with that one. Awesome. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, definitely steeper there. Um, all right. I think that's enough on this game. Uh, should be a blowout. Trevor, I'm a, I was just saying, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to get eaten alive by Chandler Jones, so that's why I'm timid on him as opposed fair. to you. Very fair. It's, that could definitely happen. Uh, moving on to anyway. a much more exciting game. Thank God. Uh, we have the Chargers versus Kansas City. Um, this has got to be the game of the week. I don't know if it is or not, but it has got to be. Start <laughs> everyone in this game. I don't know who you're not starting. You know, you're starting William, Mike Williams. You're starting Keenan Allen. You're starting Jaron Cook. You're starting Justin Herbert. You're starting Austin Eckler. Your starters are on. Your Chargers are on your starting roster. God. And then we have the big four of the Chiefs. You're starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. You're starting Tyreek Hill. Is there anything one outside of those players mm-hmm. that you think is worth taking a look at? You said Mike Williams. I put Mike Williams I, in that. I, I think Mike Williams is definitely a play this week. Um, he has actually outbeaten uh, Keenan Allen for amount of targets. Which Fun is significant. Fact. So there, Which is, it is so much different than Mike Williams' game every other year. This is the first time that Mike Williams has been like, this is my workload and this is what I do. And this is, so I'm a big fan of Mike Williams. And, I'm a, and so start all your Chargers. Start your big Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, maybe even start Nicole Hardman just because of how that the Chargers secondary isn't bad. And they could try to double be double teaming Tyreek Hill, which means Kelsey will have a big day, but it could mean that some deep shots to McCall Hardman. Ugh, I just through. I cannot I cannot get behind McCall Hardman. He is so inconsistent for this me. This is if you're this is a 16 double flex league. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on but, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week? I know he fumbled last week and really has stunk up until this point. Yeah, I'm really nervous about him. He's only at 27 rushes for 89 yards this week. You know, he's like just barely over three yards of carry right now. And he's yet to find the end zone, which just tells me 
that that lack of touchdown production that we saw last year that we thought was just a rookie fluke and we gained uh, traction over time might not actually be a rookie fluke. It might actually be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire game. So I, I'm i not going to lie to you. I'm almost to a sell point on Clyde edwards So it's interesting because I am very fearful. And the other reason that I'm fearful is they're just not fucking using him. I mean – they're Just running him. him. They don't need to. They got passed But they don't even home. pass to him. I mean, he's an exceptional passer, or was throughout college, and they do not use him in the passing game, which blows my mind. That's what yeah. um, Which makes him incredibly invaluable. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm nervous to sell about him, too. I, you're obviously, I think you have to start him in this game. If he's going to have a comeback game, it's... Like I think this would be a high likelihood just because the over and under is 56, very high over under, and the Chiefs are favored by about six and a half. Favored by six and a half, not about. Um, so I do think this could be a get right game for him. Um, but man, if he busted in this game too, ooh, it is. It might not be a pretty season for him. Um, the yeah. only other person that I also would suggest starting, um, I like Jared Cook this week. Did you did you mention him? I, I said oh, okay, Jared great. Cook. No, char- start all your great. Chargers. Start all your. The one thing is a. Jerry Cook, uh, Kansas City has allowed the second most yards to tight ends this year, but they have not yet scored a touchdown. So Jerry Cook is looking at about getting 45 yards at four targets a game so far. And um, if he can keep that uh, rhythm up and maybe even get up those targets a bit, he's going to have a lot of yards and catches. It's just about whether or not he's going to find the end. Yeah. Because he hasn't done that well, yet. Well, fuck. Did you watch that game last week? Justin Herbert, so I'm a Justin Herbert fantasy owner in the Dynasty League that we run, by the way, so I'm always watching the Chargers games. He threw two touchdowns that were called the fuck back. <laughs> oh, see, I uh, Jared Cook part. caught and a 40-yard 40, 40 touchdown. That's a huge part. Okay, so you know what I mean? Play Jared Cook. I think this is, I, uh, in my write-up earlier for guillotineleagues.com, guillotineleagues.com is a unique way of playing fantasy football. Uh, check it out. It's really cool, and we'll get into it at another time. Uh, more in-depth of what that is at another time, but it's the site I write for. And, uh, yeah, that's um, that's my way I was saying is this is the week Jared Cook finds himself yeah, in the end. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think you're right. Um, awesome. Moving on to the next game. Uh, we have Seattle at Minnesota. Um, we have Seattle... Favored by two. And the over-under, ooh, a 56-point over-under. I thought for sure the Chargers-Kansas City game was going to be the highest over-under today. What do you, what, what do you think? Well, have you seen these two teams play? Did you see these two teams play last year? No. Well, I, I'm sure I did. It I was just don't unreal. Yeah, it was just an unreal battle to the very last second. It came down to Russell Wilson with the ball in his hands with a minute 15 to go, needing to score five points. <laughs> Gotta love that. Like, and I expect this to, I think I'm actually going to hit the over on this Ooh. game, and I am going to give the Seahawks that spread. Like, I think I like that two points to the Seahawks. I bet they win. By four. So, you know, I'll give them two points, but I think that this, but I will go the over on the over under. Um, when these two teams play each other, especially if the Vikings can look like they did last week, it's just going to be a blowout. I'm a little nervous about Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks because the Vikings are very good at not letting thing and anything that happens in front of them get behind them. But DK Metcalf and his deep stretch ability, I think, is going to make really. Uh, embarrass these guys. 
uh, the Vikings a player too. They had a hard time picking up their coverages when they had streaks get behind them, like the Rondell Moore touchdown. He had a few huge plays off them just getting behind them like that. You seem unamused, Alec. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> no. absolutely correct. Uh, they just fucking blue coverage on that Rondell Moore touchdown. Yeah, I and, mean, that was just so, bad defense. And I believe they're gonna blow. I believe they're gonna blow coverage on DK Metcalf at least once this game for a really huge play. So I am all for DK Metcalf this week. Um, I think Chris Carson is also going to have a field day. The one person, like I said, is Tyler Lockett because they're just going to be really sure to lock down that slot with uh, Kendricks and Mackenzie Alex. Interesting. I am. I do not have the concern for uh, Tyler Lockett like you do. Uh, well, but let I understand me say, the reservations. Lockett won't put the numbers up he has the last two weeks. Not okay. that he's not going to put up good numbers. But not, not going to put up 25 is, points. Uh, <laughs> the, yes, yes. That's, that's right. what I mean. DK, this is DK's You hear that, folks? Point. You're going to have to settle with 15. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Son of a Gerald bitch. Everett, do you think he's a play here? You know, uh, Vikings have been uh, let tight end slip by him. Like I said, Max Williams. Oh, you're who, right. You know, um, Remember, week one, we didn't even know who Max Williams was. We were sitting here talking about how we didn't know who he was. But, you know, but the Vikings have allowed 130 yards in two games to tight ends. And um, But Jared Gerald Everett's uh, targets are pretty low, but he's making the most of them. So maybe he gets three targets, and if he does find three targets, I bet one of them is a red zone or is an end zone shot, and it's going to be whether or not he can. Just know this, that the Vikings taught us who the Arizona's tight end was. <laughs> right. And, um, but, yeah, but, you know, like I said, Kendricks is one of the best coverage linebackers in the middle, and so I really think that's going to make it hard for Lockett and uh, Gerald Everett. This You're week. playing Chris Carson. I think he's going to do just fine. Um, what do you like? Uh, what do you like about the Vikings side of the ball? Thielen is scoring the touchdowns. Watching the game when they want, they want to score a touchdown, they're throwing the ball to Thielen, and that poaching touchdowns of Thielen and Jefferson getting all the yards makes two just very mediocre fantasy wide receivers. Not NFL wide receivers. They're amazing NFL wide receivers, but just like if you're not getting, if you're only getting one or the other, it really limits your ability to have those boom weeks to have those boom weeks exactly you you know yeah. what i mean float i honestly i'm really looking at the vikings as a weird floor position because even dalvin cook you know he's been putting up decent solid numbers but he's only found the end zone one time this season and because that's just because Kirk Cousins is going to his uh, wide receivers. And he's spreading it out. You know, K.J. Osborne is getting on the ball. I wouldn't bite the bullet and go K.J. Osborne this week, but I'd definitely keep an eye on that, especially in deeper leagues, like 12-plus man leagues, because he could just, like, out of targets and amount because we need a slot guy on that team, and he is that slot guy right now, and he proved I think Herb Smith's it. injury really opened up that role for Osborne. Um, right. They signed Chris Herndon, but and but Tyler Conklin is getting more, more targets out of either tight end. And, yes, they're going to that third wide receiver. Um, the sad thing is Chad Beebe – he really wanted to be that guy, but he just, if you ever watch him play, he just had a hard time hitting his routes right. Well, there you go. 
Don't play Chad BB. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Huge, 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 huge homer. So you know, I could talk about the real depths of this team. So I have to kind of try to limit myself um, on that. Um, I would not be playing the defense. And after Greg Joseph's last week, like you know, the dude's good, but just don't play a Vikings kicker because there's some sort of curse there to make sure that we can't put a full season. Who are you most together. excited about in this game? Like I said, DK Metcalf. Really? Okay. I want to see that huge play from him. I want to see. I think the. I think the biggest surprise from this game is going to be Chris Carson. I think DK Metcalf is going to be a top three, top two receiver. I think um, Dalvin Cook makes me the most excited, uh, assuming that he is healthy, fully healthy. I know he's dealing with an ankle, something. I think he should play, um, but just something to monitor. Uh, it didn't seem that serious. After it happened, he got back on the field just a little bit later. I know those things tend to get worse once you let it settle, but if you're able to play on it for a whole quarter after it happens, I think a week of rest you'll do just What's a, uh, Is there a good flex player? Who would be your flex player in this game? Honestly, like I said, the one you could really look at if you're really if you're scraping bottom of the barrel is maybe KJ Osborne. You know what I mean? He's gonna he's gonna have tar- he's gonna have targets. There, Kirk Cousins is spreading the ball around. He has really shown he doesn't have a favorite receiver anymore. He's giving the ball to the person who's open. Yeah. And so, no, I, I wouldn't be af- I wouldn't be afraid to be. Oh well, I would be timid. But like, if you're like, man, I gotta start KJ Osborne. Just go with it because we're only two weeks in. Second week, he really showed his role, and maybe they're just going to run with that because he was really showing up. I agree. Um, my sleeper was Gerald Everett. I actually think he's going to have a nice game here. Um, I, like I said, that man's going to have a shot at the end zone, and it's about whether or not yeah. he catches it. Gerald Everett can catch that touchdown. You know what? Actually, because just like how the Vikings like to play, would not surprise me if Conklin finds himself in the end zone this week. A lot of points on the board. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> you know Seahawks have, but the Seahawks have only allowed 88 yards, like 44 yards a game to the tight ends. Yeah, not too bad. It's a little. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, we have the Patriots at uh, the Saints. Uh, Patriots are favored here by three, a much lower over under at 42 in the games we've been talking about. Um, God, how cool would this game have been two years oh. ago? Would have been so sweet. <laughs> Would have been like the total clash of the Titans two years ago, and now we just yeah, we got, have these two teams. Know. Now instead of Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, we have Mac Jones versus Jameis Winston versus W. Eaton, Jameis Winston. Um, Patriots are the line by oh. three. Uh, I actually would pick the Saints to win this game. Um, over under is forty two. Uh, that seems that about seems right. That seems about me. right. I'd go. I'd probably go the under here. I just don't know where the offense is necessarily yeah, going to come from. I think from. this is going to be a ground game, man. I really, I think they're going to try to throw the ball, and it's not going to work. And this game is just going to be decided on the ground, which makes me actually. I think I would actually go Saints. Which, uh, you say that, and like when you say that, I'm like, ooh, the running backs are going to be good. But when you look at this game and the defenses, I don't even think, I don't even get excited about playing the running backs. No, no, no. I'm not, but like the, the amount of talent and the amount of weapons on this team, you're not going to, you're going oh, to play them. But right, like Damian Harris, hesitant flex play. 
if you can go another direction, which I, you know, depending on when you drafted, you might have gotten him in the seventh round, and you have other directions to go. Um, but otherwise, you know, he's doing really well, going over four yards a carry, and has found the end zone once this year. Um, James White actually might be my favorite receiver for New England Patriots. He's leading. He's the top receiver for the New England Patriots right now, and just his. Uh, Targets and catches might be, give him the better floor than Damian Harris. Um, Alvin Kamara has been less than satisfactory um, if you have him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He put up a stinker and, last um, week. I, yeah, so I understand everyone's hesitation, but, like, you're not going to not. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not. You're going to play Alvin but, Kamara. Uh but I, you're, but you're not excited about no. it. No, yeah, you're gonna play Damian Harris here too. Um, Are you playing Jacoby Myers? Um, I'm not. Are you playing Jacoby Myers or Corey Davis? I'm I'm that playing Corey Davis for sure. I don't even remember who they were playing. Denver. I'm playing Corey Davis, 100. <laughs> percent. Um, uh, Marcus Callaway for all my Marcus Callaway truthers and lovers out there. Um, you can join my fan club. Uh, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Dude, he has had the... a ridiculous start to this season. I didn't realize that he was going higher Alexander the to the JC Horn. Such a hard uh, first three weeks. Like, hard schedule for the receivers, man. And without Michael Thomas there to take any pressure whatsoever off him, they are literally just watching him when he. Gets so this week he gets Stephon Gilmore, and <laughs> exactly, dude, man, can't catch I know a he cannot. He's not getting an easy matchup. So just be patient. Don't play him this week. I get it. He's been sitting on your bench all year. It's not time to drop him yet. I don't think that's fair. Uh, I, I think you'll regret it. Is Marquez what I'm saying. Callaway. I think you'll regret it. The person, the person with the first waiver order next week is going to be like, Shwee! yeah, it's going to be a jam. Uh, so don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Um, we'll, we'll just be patient on him. Uh, the only other person that I think you possibly could stream here um, would be J- uh, James White, who I like. Um, uh, I think he has really established himself as a great option now that Mac Jones is here and Cam Newton is out, um, and and. I mean, he's putting up great numbers. So it almost seems like 2013 Tom Brady again. Play, like like I said, James White, I almost would play over Damian Harris if I had them both right now just because of straight up, just because of those catches, especially if you're in full PPR. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're in standard, play Damian Harris. Sorry, if you're playing standard, non-PPR, play Damian Harris. If you're playing any sort of PPR, Even if it's half. think about playing yeah. James White. Uh, anything else to be said about this game? What are you most excited about in this one? What am I most excited about in this one? <laughs> Not a lot to be excited about, folks. <laughs> how, how many interceptions are the Patriots going to get against Jameis Winston? Uh, that... how, many, how, many, how many turnovers are going to happen in this game? Because we're all looking at these two teams, looking at them as historically offensive, offensive powerhouses. Right now, these te- these two are really kind of like 
their stronger side of the ball is their game managers and defense. That's how both of these teams play. Right. They went they went from ball slinger to the ball slingers and high lots of points to game managers and defenses. So honestly, like I said, two years ago, oh man, I would have been so excited for this game. This would have been the coolest game of the decade. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. No, no. Not, not so much. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, not yeah. a lot gets me excited here. I would say the only thing that I am excited about is Damian Harris. Um, the Saints defense is tough. Really? But I liked what I saw. Out of, I've liked what I saw out of him oh, all he year. Looks so he looks good. so good. He looks so good. Um, Absolutely. I just. I mean, know. there's not a lot to be excited about. So, again, the bar is low. But if I have to pick one, I'm, I'm going Damian Harris. Uh, what, what, who would you be, be your sleeper that you would stream here? Oh, uh, Juwan, probably, honestly, I might be looking at Juwan Fuck, Johnson. That's who I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Juwan Johnson, because when they get into that red zone, they really, they really focus on Troutman, and Juwan Johnson has slept through the coverage and gotten those touchdowns. But the Patriots have only allowed four receptions to tight ends so far for less than They're good yards. at guarding t- tight ends, but... They, 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 those linebackers, uh, led by Dante Itar. Yeah. He's still there. He is still there. It's just, it's just. I see a situation where the Saints try to pound it in like two downs in a row and just can't fucking get in there and they have to go over the top and throw it to Duran. That's, that's what, that's what, that's what it's going to be, man. Is, yeah, that goal line defense is going to be so hard that they just have to give it to Juwan Johnson. Shit, he might score two more touchdowns this game. Love it. All right, uh, moving on to the next one. We have Atlanta at the Giants. Um, the Giants are favored here by three. The over-under is 48. Both of these teams are 0-2, so uh, not great starts. The O has got to go. The O has got to go. No, you know, neither of these teams are super excited. Um, Mike Davis has lost carries to Cordero Patterson for uh, last week. <laughs> And Cordero Patterson really showed that, like, he actually might be the more effective running back. And, um, God, none of these teams are exciting to me. I actually do. To me. You're going to play Calvin Ridley. You're going to play Kyle Pitts. Russell Gage actually ended up on the injury report today in his day-to-day, which really (laughs) sucks, man, because I love Russell Gage. I think he's good. I think that team wants him. But just like two shallow weeks and then maybe sitting week three, you know, in my his time, it might be I'm almost ready to call him the towel, yeah. but like it's still too early in the season. Yeah, it's getting um, close to game over honestly, for him. But are you looking at starting Cordero Patterson or Mike Davis? Yeah, I, I'm staying as clear away from the Atlanta Falcons backfield as I possibly can. For this is for this, three no, reasons. Neither was not an answer. Neither was yeah, not I, an answer. You had I hear you. One. But I'm gonna give my three reasons first. <laughs> one, the Falcons are always gonna be behind. Their defense is fucking a sieve. It is so just bad. wide it's open. Abysmal, the, the, bro. It's gonna make the Giants <laughs> offense look good. One. Uh, two, uh, he's splitting time. They're splitting time. So both of them are going to get carries. They're both going to get shit. It's it's not going to be good. Three, that offense has looked horrible. Even when they're behind and having so a throw, bad. they're not getting so yards. Bad. It's it's <laughs> ugly in Atlanta. It's ugly. If I had to pick one, I'm sticking with Mike Davis. 
I think he's still going to have the better okay. game of the two. I, Cordell Patterson's 31 fucking years old. I get that Mike Davis isn't a young spring chicken anymore, but uh, uh, Cordell Patterson has been around to so many teams. He's a return man, for God's sakes, turned running back. Uh I was going to say that. The difference between Cordero Patterson being 31 and another running back 31 is Cordero Patterson has only been a running back for, like, kind of two years now, but or three years now. But, like, they're like, hey, we lost our first two, so we got Cordero. And then, like like Herman said, return man, which takes a lot of hits, but he really, his snap count has been pretty low, so you know what I mean. 31, but not someone with a lot of wear and tear on his body. The most wear and tear he had is when we played for the Vikings his first three But needless to say, a lot of return men can't run it through the middle, which would be kind of yes. important. But, but, and the, we saw that yeah. last year with it, a lot of, or last <coughs> week with a lot of outsides. Anyway, moving over. You're, so wait, hold on, you're not hold on tr- one second. Uh, trying to start a oh, one, oh, yeah, yeah. You're not trying to start Cordell Patterson. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Calvin Ridley, he goes up against James Bradbury against this game, so it's actually not as great of a matchup as you'd think. <clears throat> James Bradbury's pretty good. Uh, and I, I would be surprised if he doesn't shadow Ridley. Uh, that being said, I think Ridley will still have a fine game. I think they'll have to throw a lot, and I think this one will actually be competitive because both these teams suck. Um, but just temper expectations a little bit. I don't think he's going to have like this explosion game. Um, moving over to the Giants. Uh, Saquon looked uh, not great last week. Uh, is this the game? We told you. We told you. We told you avoid it. You know, maybe now that he's he got has that little extra bye week playing Thursday last week, you know. And, um, and then the Atlanta Falcons defense, which has just been awful man they've allowed the second most points uh running or tight end sorry wrong page but you know what i mean but still they've allowed they've not played well i guess they've only allowed 14 most points to running backs but you know 190 yards on the ground and uh 94 yards through the air like they're they're able to be beaten through there so if saquon's gonna show up this is a team that he is capable of beating if he's old saquon if he has his ability to be the person, the Saquon of old, he has every chance to beat this team here. And then that will just play on to the, I, uh, you know what I mean, the Falcons behind narrative. The one thing here that I find interesting is Evan Ingram might be, Engram might be returning. Evan Ingram might be returning this week. And he was the team leader in targets last year for the Giants. So he is Daniel Jones's favorite person who I'm sure he is just dying to have back even though I think uh Emma Ingram just can't stay healthy and is just a bust but you know what I mean but like he had 109 targets last year and a tight end that's having over 100 targets is something to keep in mind so if he's on the waiver wire um if once he gets that AOK to play he honestly might be worth a start just because he might pop out of nowhere because no one sees it coming and like I said, the Falcons give up the second most points to tight ends. No, I, I, so I actually, if Evan Ingram gets the AOK, he is my favorite sleeper and stash and receiver for the uh, Giants this year. Oh, that's this yeah, I, I like it a lot. Uh, and since you already jumped into this question, my favorite sleeper this week is Darius Slayton, actually. Um, I think Sterling Shepard's getting all the attention right now uh, for a good reason. If you have Sterling Shepard, I also think he's a good play this week, but he's a little more obvious. Darius Slayton is someone that's going under the radar. 
Um, but I'm, they target Darius Slayton. He plays that X receiver role. Um, Kenny G has been non-existent. I mean, I didn't like the move when they signed him. We didn't think he was going to do well, period. And he uh, just has I was so depressed for Kenny G's career when he went to the Giants, man. That's – I was looked so good. sad about that. It's not looked good. But, right. But, uh, but yeah, Darius Slayton has gotten seven targets and six targets so far this year. Over 50 yards a game, and he managed to score a touchdown last week. So, yeah, I'm a fan of Darius Slayton. And I have one waiting. You can ask Herman. I've been waiting for two years for Darius Slayton to finally show up for your fantasy football. Uh, so. Who are you most excited about in this game? Um, Like I said, if Evan Ingram plays, I'm most excited really? about Evan Ingram. That is my most – if he if he gets the okay to get back on the field, I'm most excited to see what he does. Look at that. Most career. excited and a sleeper. Yeah. Um, my, mine's going to be Kyle Pitts in this one. I think Kyle Pitts might just feast on this Giants defense um, with Calvin Ridley maybe being locked up a little bit by James Bradbury. So um, I think that's probably where the Falcons go heavily this week. Um, well, spoiler alert, this is the first week I didn't bust Kyle Pitts. So. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, moving on to our next game, we have Indianapolis at Tennessee um tennessee is favored by five and a half the over under here is 48 um whew. bring out the fucking bacon because the big dog went off last week oh my god oh my god dude literally i scored 132 points in my league and i was like sweet scored 132 points like i'm good no, I had 180 scored on me by fucking Derrick Henry. I mean, god damn, dude. That dude had a fucking I've, game. I've, Sorry for the cousin. But yeah, 35 attempts. Who gives their running back 35 attempts and then a running back that can take 35 attempts and go over five yards so, of carry? I've never seen a game where they a team goes down two scores. The Titans went down two scores. And they just decide, hey, instead of passing it, we're just going to fucking run it. <laughs> And it worked. Uh, and it you know worked. what? Oh, it worked. Yeah, dude. They're like, wait, wait, wait. How have we been winning games the last three years? Oh, yeah. Give we it to Derrick Henry to 40 guy. times. He'll get it done. Oh, dude. And how are you nervous about Tannehill? You know, I'm not. Um, the only reason I'm not is he has just a long success record of being good. Um, I think we have to give him longer than two weeks. Uh, they had a, they have a new offensive just, coordinator coming in, and Tannehill has to learn a, potentially a new offensive system. Uh, and so I do think we need to give him a second just to get up to speed. Now, if by this time next year, or it's not next year, if this time around week six he's still not putting up above 20-point fantasy point games, I am really, really concerned. Um, but I I think it, I'm just more concerned about that line and his lack of protection. I actually think he's a good by low target. That line has not had a lot of turnover. Yep. It really is the same line that he's been behind, so I think they're just having bad games. Uh, Tennessee just doesn't look right, and it really wasn't until the second half of last game that they started looking better. And again, obviously on the very big shoulders and very big thighs of Derrick Henry, but they started looking more like the Tennessee Titans last week. So I actually think this is a great buy-low chance for Ryan Tannehill, as I was saying. I think you can get him for cheap as shit right now, and he has the potential to really turn it on. Um, that being said... I don't like Derrick Henry in this game, and there's one big six foot seven reason on the other side of the field, and his name is DeForest Buckner, uh, the only man in the league that is bigger than Derrick Henry. Don't quote me on that. 
Um, he is going to have a tough day. That being said, Derrick Henry got six targets last, last week. And if he starts seeing receiving work, he is going to be a scary person to play against. <laughs> That's his whole thing. That's his whole one drawback is he doesn't get receptions. What do you mean he's getting receptions now? That's not how this yeah. works. Also, don't forget about Darius Leonard, um, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, because that dude is good. Yeah. And um, he also will be up there stopping Derrick Henry. Yeah. So for all of those reasons, I love the pass catchers in this game on the Tennessee side. Uh, I think A.J. Brown and uh, Julio Jones have a really good game. Uh, they'll have to go to them, I think. Uh, Julio Jones had 120 yards last week, which was really nice to see um, in his first successful game, we'll call it, since coming over from Atlanta. A.J. Brown's been a little bit sluggish. Uh, he definitely posted a dud on you last week and wasn't very present um, the week before other than a touchdown. Uh, but he's getting the target volume. And so, really, that's all you can ask for. I think you just have faith uh, in the fact that they're going to have to throw it this game. So, what I will say, I just looked up because I noticed this is a divisional matchup or just clicked that this is a divisional matchup. Derek Hen- uh, Ryan Tannehill failed to score less than 20 times each time last year he played Indianapolis. Ooh. Interesting. Or score over 20 points. So there's some, something to keep in mind with these divisional matchups. You know, a divisional matchup is different than finding another team. Uh, finding another team, you're really going play against skill against skill. And these divisional matchups, these teams know how you work and what you do and can shut you down based off scheme alone, let alone talent. So that's just another little factor to you know, think about. In what do you game. like on the Colts side? <laughs> Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, since he came back, I knew uh, if you saw the one game that he was the lead uh, receiver last year before he got hurt, they wanted to force feed him the ball. And now they gave him 12 targets last week, meaning that he's the guy they want to get that ball to and get that, him running. Um, huge fan of Michael Pittman. Um, start him. Outside of that, I'm nervous Paris Campbell, nervous uh, Zach Pascal. My Moali Cox uh, prediction did not come through. But, you know, I, wa- I wasn't confident in that. I was just saying if they're going to go somewhere, it might go to so, Moali Cox. You know, they threw him the ball. Bu- uh, ball twice and he caught one for 18 I agree with so. all that except that I actually do like Zach Pascal as a sleeper this week um, he's been the red zone threat to be honest yeah, they look for him right in the red zone and he's he's so far delivered um, you know a couple weeks in uh, obviously he's going to be a, a, a touchdown or bust kind of guy but um, if you're looking for someone who could just you know get you a quick 6 to, uh, to 12 points I think he's a good guy to slot in you know if you're looking for that cheap DFS play it just Try to get in touch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a must start this week. Um, I would be nervous about flexing Naheem Hines, uh, especially since Carson Wentz has not one, but two sprained ankles. What do you think about the confidence yeah. of the passing attack here, knowing that? Oh, man. I can't even think of who they're back. Oh, it's Jacob Easton. And. Jacob Eason. It is I don't Jacob know if you saw Eason. his first yeah. throw last week. Um, if Jacob Eason is starting, I will take back my Michael <laughs> Pittman comment. Did you um, see? Did you see his Jason, first throw J- last week? No, I. You know, I. They have me working a lot of Sundays now, so I miss a uh, good the first half of the so, new games. Jacob Eason first throw comes in for Andrew Carson wins pick straight to Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> 
I don't think it's going to be good if Jacob Eason has to start this. Granted, it was Jalen Ramsey, and we did say that Michael Pittman was going to get shut down. If Jacob Eason is in, I am so, so, like, RB1 on the weekend on Jonathan Taylor. Well, just because that's the only way they're going to move the ball. Oh, yeah. They're going to – and Tennessee will let them. I mean, Jonathan Taylor will put up a shit ton of yards on them. I mean, yeah, they have allowed 172 rushing yards yet this season. So over that it, defense yeah, is so, so bad. And two scores on the ground. So they are have been exposed by the, uh, whatever, the running back position. So I agree with that. So, yeah, Jacob Eason, get excited for having Jonathan Taylor on your team. For, yeah. Carson Wentz, go start Michael. Yeah. Pittman. Yep. I like it all. Uh, okay, enough of that one. Moving on to Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Um, we have the Steelers favored by three and a half with the over-under being 44 points. Um, this is actually one where I'll take the over. Um, 44 seems kind of low to me for how good the Bengals' offense is. Um, and I'm kind of surprised the Steelers are favored in this one. Are you? I mean, they're going against the Bengals, and the Bengals haven't made me think anything. This this game is a total 50-50 uh, coin flip to me. Who's going to show up? Big Ben, if that line makes Big Ben try to move like the way they made him move last week, it's all the Bengals. You know what I mean? You saw? Did you see that yeah. at all? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God, it was rough, dude. He looks so sad trying dude, to he- scramble. It was just like, oh, you poor he old looks horrible. man. Like I almost, I was coming to the conclusion really so while watching bad. that game that they might be better off starting Mason Go, Rudolph on, or dude. Josh Dobbs if they 70, still have him. Seventy-two attempts and only forty-five receptions, man. He's managed to only get uh two hundred two touchdowns this week. He did apparently throw over three hundred yards last week. If that's that, that I'm reading is right, but. Um, or just or just under two three hundred yards, like two ninety. That's but fine. Like, His receivers are so dynamic. That doesn't surprise me. That seems right. But though. he he need. But that's the only way they're really gonna do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like honestly, it makes me nervous about Najee Harris with Roethlisberger, just because he keeps trying to do things he can't really do with yeah. the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. That being said, I think you have to start Najee in this one. Obviously, you're starting Najee. You're starting Najee. Because they're going against they're, the Bengals. Yeah. Going Starting them with confidence. They're going against uh, DeAndre Bengals. Johnson does happen to be injured in Big this ben. game. Uh, just be so I believe he, Pat, I want to say it's a sprained MCL. And, and I believe he's out for about one to two weeks. And, um, um, he should and, uh, be Eric seeing, uh, uh, he's been seeing a good bit of targets. Uh, but Deontay Johnson, I believe, is going to be out, um, which Really leaves the door open for Chase Claypool and um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, yeah, Johnson did miss practice today. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. Um, it, I don't like Chase Claypool, though, because I don't think ben, Big Ben can throw it. I mean, I, I don't think he can throw it that far. He can't yeah, get the ball to him. And he doesn't him. have time. Chase Claypool is worth down the field, and he doesn't have time and can't yeah, get the ball to not him. Not good. So, honestly, Joe Mixon and Juju Smith-Schuster might be the one ways to go. Yeah, and moving over to the Bengals' side of the ball, um, I don't love Joe Mixon here either. 
the Steelers are just fucking good up front. I'm almost, I'm just out on this game. Honestly, not going to lie to you. I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking about hitting the under on this over under. I think we're looking at a, like a 13 to 17 game right now. Could very well be. It just doesn't, it just doesn't look good. Just neither of those offenses are looking like teams that can really produce. You know me. I love going the under, so you've you convinced me as we talk about it. Um, I think you can stream. T. Higgins has been eh, with injuries. I think you play Jamar Chase. If he comes back. I like Jamar Chase. If, especially if T. Higgins. Especially if Higgins. Oh, especially if Higgins oh, is out. Or even even if Higgins is limited, uh, limited. If Higgins is ruled out. How are you feeling about Tyler Boyd? Dude, Tyler Boyd's 10 points every week. I mean, it's that's, like, that's what he is. Like, if you have a better option, great. But you know you got 10 points there with Tyler Boyd. <laughs> I think he'll do the same this thing so this week. This he'll put so up an true. eight reception, a nine target for Does, 60 or 70 yards. Playing, that's how he's going to do it. And that's what he'll do every week. Um, who were you most excited about in this game? <laughs> <laughs> Bengals defense. <laughs> oh, first time you've ever said that in your life. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Did you see how bad Ben looked it was last really bad. week? <laughs> so bad. I'm most excited about Najee. I actually think Najee's gonna have a good game this week. They're they're gonna, gonna, yeah, yeah. If I'm giving an honest answer, it's him because they're just gonna have to let him. Um, sleepers. Who would you play as a sleeper flex in this game? You can't say Jamar Chase. <laughs> Tyler Boyd. Okay. Uh, I like that. Um, ooh. Who would I play? God, it's a sleeper. It's hard to even come up with guys. Uh, I actually am going to go Eric Ebron here. I think he has a chance to get one in the end zone. You know, actually looking at it, I noticed the Steelers are pretty bad. Oh, shit, it's not Tyler Croft. Is it TJ Uzama? Who's I can't I forget. My bad. It's I like that Drew uh, Sample or something. I'm space. Oh yeah, it is CJ Uzama. I was totally right. You know, maybe maybe he's able to do something this week. It is TJ Uzama. All right, so don't play a sleeper in this game. Is what we're saying to you. Yeah, yeah. Don't play your. Sleeper uh, moving on game. to Miami at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders here are favored by four and a half. The over under is forty five and a half. The Raiders have shocked me. They have come out and shocked oh, me. Oh, the Raiders look so good, dude. Start your Raiders. Start Henner Renfro. Start. <laughs> Henry Can't Ruggs. think of any other ones. Be hesitant about. Be hesitant about starting Brian Edwards. No, but Henry Ruggs is a deep. But dude, they love Henner Renfro. They were feet, like me and my buddy Terry. We were watching the game and they were like. They were really just giving him the ball every chance they got. Like I was talking to uh, my butt. I was like talking to my cousin. And I accidentally convinced him to drop Hunter Renfro. And then I watched that game and I immediately texted him. I was like, oh, bad, bad move by <laughs> me, bro. Sorry. Sorry. But the Raiders look so good. And you know what? You know what this really is playing into? them getting Aaron Rodgers next oh, year. That would be so incredible for my... Because look, because they're, they're showing they have a pass attack that can yeah. be used. But that being said, I don't think you can get rid of Derek Carr after what he's doing. If he does this all season, he leads the league in passing yards. You can if you can trade... You can if you can trade him to the goddamn Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. I I don't know that I'd even make that move. I don't... Uh, you're right. Just, you're right. I, I like saying, the thought. I like the thought. That's... And, that's 
You're not no, John you're, Gruden. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I, anyway. I like Brian Edwards in this game, actually. Uh, I think he's going to have a good game. I'm, a, I'm all for all Vegas receivers. I'm nervous about their running game. You're obviously playing Darren Waller. That's going to happen, whatever. Um, super nervous, especially if Josh Jacobs is out. Kenjin Drake had all the opportunity in the world and failed to produce. Well, did you see what so. happened? They, they didn't name Kenjin Drake the starter. They oh, named, no way. Um, That's uh, – No, Devontae Booker. He's in uh, – No, uh, an old, the, uh, old Redskins uh, running back. New York I'm blanking now. on him right now. Payton oh, Payton Barber. Barber. That's right. They have Payton Barber. They only right. oh, so I actually think so your only safe bet here on the running game is Kenyon Drake because he's guaranteed that passing work. He's, he's not going to run it. Right, it's going to be Payton Barber over if him. You can avoid if you can avoid it. They also have uh, offensive line issues going on right now. I believe their left tackle Alex Leatherwood is out, um, and he was their first round pick this this uh, last draft season. So they may have some um, adjustments there. Uh, just keep an eye on. Um, flipping to the other side of the ball, we have the Dolphins, who I believe are without Tua. No Tua, no Dolphins. I'm just telling you right now. No Tua, no Dolphins. Just don't even mess with it. There's no reason to try. Uh, I'm don't, actually with you. Uh, Jalen Waddell, his production yep. dropped off immediately after Tua got injured. Uh, so I'm scared of him. Any other receiver was not playable anyways on the Dolphins. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett went 40 for 24, man. Uh, he, went, he went how many? You know, just 40 attempts for 24 completions. Oh, yeah. 50%, Stay away yeah. from Jacoby Brissett. And because they know that they can let Jacoby Brissett throw it, they're going to make him throw it, which means I am a pass on Gaskin. This yeah. Week. I think we'll uh, – wow. This is first we're passing on pretty much everyone on a team. Um, and the tight end situation is uh, awful we too. Did so pa- I'd stay away from that. Yeah, and, and Gasecki is just like he's he's struggling, man. He's not has not been able to show up. So there's no one. There's no. If I have to play a dolphin this week, I am crying, which sucks because this is uh, Will Fuller's like debut. Oh hopefully. God, gross. Uh, what are you most excited about in this game? Who are you most excited about in this game? Hunter Renfro, <laughs> man. I'm so excited to see what Hunter Renfro does two years. Like, like, uh, uh, Nathan, I'm sorry, bro. I told you to drop him. But, like, go pick him back up immediately because he really showed to be, like, he's the guy that's going to get the targets. He, he's got nine targets and seven targets his first two weeks. He's over 11 yards per reception. Hunter Renfro is just like, yes, remember me? You guys uh, got those two rookies, but, like, I was still here. Uh, I think Derek Carr actually makes me the most excited in this game, which is the first time in my life where I can say that. Well, and, you know, those two kind of go hand in hand because Derek Carr doing great is only going to mean Renfro's doing great. So I've seen Derek Carr play a couple of good games, right? I have not seen. He's too looking so good. He's never no, looked this and not good. for this long. If he plays this game and throws for another 400 yards flawlessly like he has the first two weeks, I'm going to start believing in Derek Carr. And that's kind of scary. I'm go pick him up in our dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, um, yeah, what, what, who's your sleeper this week? Probably Heiner Runbro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's one player I'm really excited for in this game. You know, Derek Carr is sweet. Honestly, Derek Carr is probably more accurately Derek Carr is my streamer. Go get Derek Carr. If he, he's on your wire right now and you're in a quarterback pin, if you have Ryan Tannehill, 
Go get I am stuff. most excited. Uh, sorry, not most excited. I think my sleeper in this game is Brian Edwards. Um, I think Brian Edwards. So Brian Edwards had a touchdown call back last week on a penalty, which was yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it would have made his sucked. day much, much, much better. Um, and he's been looking great. He's been getting consistent targets now. Uh, you know, a little bit. He's gotten five and three so far. Oh, so, you know, three. he wants you want that in, you want that number to come up a little bit, but he did average 20 yards a catch his first game and 13 his second. So, like, he is finding himself downfield. And that's why I like Hunter Renfro because he's more of that short and just, like, make a play yeah. kind of no, person. No, you're absolutely correct. I think Brian Edwards has the big boom potential. Um, little more consistent yes, than, right. than he's, Ruggs. But, you know, but – but that's what that's what I mean is Brian Edwards is kind of that halfway between between Renfro and Ruggs, and I'd rather have that safe like volume play or that big boomer bus play and not try to play yeah, that. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, all right, all right. we've spent way too much time on that game. I'm, <laughs> I'm all out of words for that uh, game. Moving on, we got a much better one: the Rams against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are favored by one and a half. The over under fifty six points. I like seeing that. Um, this could be a fun game, oh, man. for sure. This is my afternoon game of the week. I'm going to go the under here on the 56. Both these defenses are pretty good. Super good defenses. It's going to be so hard fought. I think there's actually going to be a lot of turnovers. I think there will be, game. too. Um, what do you like? Everyone. I don't know who I'm not playing. Who would you not um, play in this game? The Buccaneers have been too, totally vulnerable and, to tight ends, so you're starting Tyler Higby. The receivers are just, you know, honestly, I think this is going to be Robert Woods' so game. So I was thinking the same thing earlier today. I, I was think thinking the same thing. This is where he finally, like, shows himself up and is like, hey, I'm actually on this Yeah, team, you're playing remember? Cooper Cup, you're playing Robert Woods. I do think Robert Woods might have a game. I was getting a gut feeling about it earlier today. Um, I also think you can play Tyler Higby. So you're playing Stafford, you're playing um, The only thing I'm not yep, playing here are Rams running backs because the Buccaneers are incredible at stopping the run. I know Daryl Henderson's a little banged up. He might play, and then you're splitting time with Henderson and Sonny Michelle, and so I'm out. And we all have seen Sonny Michelle, and no one wants to put he Sonny Michelle on the week. field. So. He looked, I mean, better than I was expecting. Let me just put it that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me see some stats, more stats on the board. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so on the Buccaneers side, um, we do have a- pretty much same thing, man. Start your receivers. Go for the tight end. Start One. Gronk. Be hesitant on the running backs. You know what I mean? Both these teams are really the identity of these teams. I did not realize similar. are so They're similar. similar. They're like they're so. Identical. So Antonio Brown is currently uh, tested positive for COVID, so he might sit out this game. Motherfucker. Um, we're still uh. kind of evaluating what that situation is because um, uh, he is vaccinated, I believe. So he's va- he's vaccinated, he but he did positive. test positive. He wasn't just exposed. It wasn't just exposed. He yeah. tested positive. Something actually just came up. While we were at the show, and I believe it's it twenty four hours. He he has to wait twenty four hours, and then he has to test negative twice. Yeah, twice. That's what uh, I just and read, so yeah. I that probably is not going to happen. I would assume that he's inactive this game. Uh, in that case, give me Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Godwin. They are going to eat. Oh, dude, go it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Um, hold on the running backs if you can. Just like you know what I mean. Just like the Rams. And just like the Vegas Raiders, hold on the running backs. Feel comfortable about your wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks. Yep. yep. All right. 
Nothing more to say about that one. Uh, oh, what's your? Uh, what are you most excited about, Sam, in this one? <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm interested to see Tyler Higby score a touchdown. But the most player I'm most excited about is I want to see Robert Woods do Robert yeah, Woods things. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm actually gonna say Tampa Tom here. Uh, he has played so damn good. Oh, and he's I, so good, dude. He's 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 like already shown he's a top. I am just year. enamored with the narrative of Tampa uh, Tampa Tom versus Jalen Ramsey. I love just seeing elite talent go up against each other, uh, and I think this could be a damn good game. This is gonna be a good. Uh, who's game. your sleeper? Tyler Higby. I want to see nice. him touch down. I like it. I like it. Um, the one I'm gonna go with is actually Van Jefferson. Uh, Van Jefferson. I like that one. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, Van Jefferson has been getting I like good that one targets. Uh, he went off week one, had a quieter week two. Uh, I think the volume will be here for him this week. Uh, he'll see some work. And before anyone goes and calls a homer pick, because Van Jefferson did go to the same high school Herman and I did and led our high school to four state championships. So just so everyone knows, this isn't a homer pick. We really do think he's just going to be good. I know that. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Van Jefferson uh, went to Ravenwood after we graduated and uh, was the quarterback, was the receiver. Because you heard about the quarterback-receiver duo that led us to state. Van Jefferson was the uh, receiver that led us to state. Sick. I like it. Four years in a row. Which is really funny, sorry to me, because we were like the worst team in football when I I was in high school. I mean, having professional-level athletes (laughs) on your high school team. Works out well for most of the time. <laughs> really <laughs> helps. Um, all right, moving on to the next game. We have the San Francisco 49ers at Green Bay. Uh, 49ers are favored here by three Talk and a half. Talk about a fucking shootout, Over under is 49 and a half. Uh, this game's going to be good. So uh, good. Pretty much every, every 49ers running back is injured. So I'll start us There's with that. Um, I think Elijah Mitchell – and Trey Sermon look like they're going to be suiting up. Um, I'm nervous if Sermon's going to make it out of the concussion protocol because Elijah Mitchell is just about whether or not he's feeling mm-hmm. up for it. Trey Sermon has to clear concussion protocol, <laughs> which is a lot harder of a process. So it makes me real nervous. So I'm all for Elijah Mitchell, and I am timid on Elijah Trey Mitchell Sermon. also would have had a better week last week. Um, he had a touchdown callback that really should have been a touchdown. Um, and, you know, Shanahan really showed us, I feel, again, this is Shanahan we're talking about, but what his backfield is going to look like. You know, there are questions what that healthy scratch on Trey Sermon was. It is, in fact, that Elijah Mitchell is just the better back, and he is the one. Um, I yep. actually think Jermichael Hasty's the two, and then, but he's got a high ankle sprain, which will keep him out for a few weeks. And then you've got Trey Sermon as the three, who on his first carry got a concussion and fumbled. Um, and then who was that? Uh, who and then they just signed someone off the was it the Raiders I it was or the Bengals practice Trent squad? Cannon is who they signed. Yeah. So, He's a good. You know, don't worry about Brand yeah. Cannon. Um, and really, the guy I would keep your eye on right now is Jeff Wilson Jr. He's coming off of IR week six, um, which is going to be here in a, in a blink of an eye, and he yeah. very well could take over the starting job back from Elijah Mitchell. When he comes in. Jeff Wilson Jr. has really been, like, in the last 
two or three years with the 49ers been like, they're like, shit, we don't have a running back, except we do have Jeff Wilson. And he's like, yeah, guys, remember, I can do this job. I and he killed it this. last year so, when asked to know, step up. And when, yeah, and that's what I mean. So when he comes back, that's really going to be what, uh, the week before he comes back, you know, next week, not this week, next week, Sell Elijah Mitchell to some chump that doesn't understand what's happening in that battle. I'm not completely convinced Elijah Mitchell's going to go away. I still think you should could sell him and get a higher value than you'll that get. That being said, if you have an IR so. spot, go look on your waiver wire right now and put Jeff Wilson in that spot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, receivers. Um, Debo, you're going to play him. Debo's been playing great. I think you bench Brandon Ayuk at this point. I'm benching yeah. Ayuk. I'm not, I'm not doing any receiver outside of Debo for the Niners. Debo, Kittle, I think, honestly, and Elijah Mitchell. Though, and Elijah Mitchell, if he gets the clear to play, those are the only three for the Niners I really feel comfortable I agree. I, I wouldn't go the quarterbacks either here. I mean, Jimmy G could have a nice game, but I am way too afraid that Trey Lance is going to step in any second and take his job. Yeah, right. It's just, And, it would, like, the Bears and them are doing this weird thing where, like, when it gets to the later end of the games, they're like, well, let's put our rookie in and have him do the garbage time. And it's like, No! Where quarterbacks <laughs> do good is when we have garbage time. So I think we're out on the quarterbacks. So, yeah, you're out on quarterbacks. You know, uh, 49ers have given up 12 more points to tight end. So maybe start Robert Tanyan. You can feel comfortable about that. He had a 22-yard touchdown last week. So maybe he can repeat that, um, you know, when he was playing the Lions. But otherwise, it's the same thing. You're starting uh, – Aaron Jones, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, and you're starting Devontae Adams. Side of those three, and maybe a stream on Robert Tanyan, but other outside of that, uh, sleep now, on your back. Now, I'm just going to go straight into what I'm most excited about, and it is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in this one. San Francisco is beat up in their secondary to the point where they're actually talking to Richard Sherman, just talks. Um, about coming back. Just trying to get yeah. back. Um, so they're they're really thin. Uh, and I think Devontae, I don't think anyone on that secondary is going to be able to stop what Devontae Adams is doing. So um, I'm really excited about them. I think this is going to be a comeback game. Um, uh, Aaron Jones obviously blew up last week. You're playing him, uh, and I think he'll do just fine as well. Um, I'm out on A.J. Dillon. Uh, Aaron Jones really proved last week that he is the clear. Did you just- did you say Aaron Jones did just fine last week? That is putting. It I think mildly. I think I said blew up, but if I said just fine, you're right. That's putting it very mildly. Oh, okay. okay, sorry. Then I just over misheard you. I was just like just fine. Yeah, he or put up like forty just fucking fine. points. <laughs> he decimated you. You played him. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, Robert Tanyan, I like the streamer. Uh, what are you most excited about in this game, Sam? <laughs> Uh, I just want to see Debo keep doing Debo things and see if he can overcome that uh, top-end cornerback of Jair Alexander. That would be interesting. That would be a that great just, matchup. You know what I mean? That would just kind of be – that would be a really – that would be really good step for him. That has to be a great matchup to watch. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Who's your sleeper? Michael Hasty, <laughs> no, um, AJ AJ Dillon. I bet we see. I bet we see an increased volume from AJ Dillon this week. AJ Dillon. Oh, 
I, I don't agree with you on that one. Um, I will go over to the side. Oh, fuck. I said increase work. I'll go. I'll go. Robert Tanyan. Robert Tanyan, <laughs> I think is is a good one here. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's really. T- apparently, he's never gone by Bobby his whole life, but his first name in the locker room. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> called him Bobby, and he's like, "Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't call you something, and you tell him no." So I guess I'm Bobby Sick. now. What a bro. <laughs> so everyone in the green everyone in the Green Bay locker room calls him Bobby, but he refuses to be referred to as Bobby on uh, national that's television. That's sick. I like that a lot. <laughs> Funny story. I learned uh, when uh, No, that's great Monday. stuff. So play Robert, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Robert Tanya. Also, although Bobby Tanya's such a cooler name. All right. Uh, moving on to the last game. We have Dallas at Philadelphia. Cowboys are favored by four. The over-under here is 52 points. Um, start your start quarterbacks. Start your quarterbacks, for sure. Are, are, are you – quarterback. I, I don't know how I feel about the Eagles' offense. Like, I think they're good. I do. But, uh, like, I'm still hesitant. They're middle of the road, man. Um, and they're coming up against a pretty hard Bears def- – or uh, Cowboys defense. So, it makes me – the Cowboys nervous. defense isn't that Just, bad. I mean, look, they fucking they did pre, were pretty competitive against the Buccaneers. They're pretty competitive last. So week. keep in mind, Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot, who is by far their best defensive player on that team. Okay, okay, <laughs> sure, that does play quite a big deal about it. But the last time Hertz did play Dallas, he did go thirty nine for twenty one. He did manage to score a uh, throw over three hundred and forty yards. And run for seventy yards. So, but also through. So Justin Herbert. That's who they played last week, and they only put up seventeen points. Although that was a bullshit game. They, uh, it was a, it was a weird. That's what I'm saying, man. Dallas is really good at doing these weird, grindy, bullshit games. And it's with a team like with uh, Philadelphia and the whole divisional aspect of it. I think that's Justin Herbert put up 350 yards uh, passing last week against him, regardless of his poor um, fantasy finish uh, and not scoring. I am going under on the 52 point under. Yeah, I will too. I think Philadelphia runs too much uh, to hit that. Um, uh, Play Miles Sanders. Play Miles Sanders. He looks good. I probably, yep. Miles Sanders is looking good. Um, I would definitely be worried about uh, Philadelphia receivers this week, except maybe Dallas Goddard. Um, I really like Devonta Smith. Goddard. I actually think he's going to eat this game. Um, oh, because he's always yeah. Oh, for good. sure. Well, and Dallas is going to have to throw. Uh, big surprise. They like it. Uh, right. And the but the Cowboys have allowed two touchdowns to the tight ends, which were both to Gronk. But you know, Goddard's that you know Goddard. Ertz might be out. So. Um, yeah. So just to monitor, I also think you can stream Kenny Gainwell here. He's he's done well, uh, really up until this point. Really, Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> I'm just saying on ESPN it says Kenneth. It does not. Well, call we're him on Kenneth. a first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, we're we're less than five years from you owing me a hundred bucks. Yeah. Way. We'll see when I get there. Uh, <laughs> he, just so just so everyone knows, Herman promised me a hundred bucks he would score or catch a three yard pass to the Super Bowl by the time he was thirty. And it still so. might happen. We really don't know yet. George is still out on this one. So 
Um, yeah, cheer, cheer for me when I'm out there running some crisp routes. Uh, some crisp really routes. short crisp routes. Uh, we'll put you behind the Denver O line yeah. and just have them run you down the field. I'll just run three yards and turn around and just hit me in the chest with a bullet. I'll catch it after a few times. Fuck! Um, on the Cowboys side, um, you you know, Zeke's kind of scaring me, to be honest, with how good Tony Paul is looking. But you're not going to not right. play Oh, you're him. right. I absolutely, you're absolutely not playing him. Um, stash Tony Pollard. Go grab him. Put him on your bench. Go stash Tony Pollard right now. Right now, while you're listening to this show. He didn't get picked up on the wire this week. Go throw him on your bench really yes. quick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. He, he had 100 yards, surprisingly, so uh, I love that. Yeah, bro, go pick up Tony Pollard. The receivers everyone. are banged up here. Um, we have uh, Gallup's, Gallup's out. out, right? He officially yeah, got he's out. He, uh, like week one, he was out four to five weeks was the timeline. So he should be out of this one. Um, Which I think Amari Cooper is actually going to be the main. So, but Amari Cooper's injured as well. He went out last oh, week. Uh, he has uh, rib injuries. Um, so I think it's going to be a pain management situation is what it seems like. Um, but that's, it sucks that this game's on Monday because you obviously are putting Amari Cooper in your lineup. Um, what you're going to have to do, uh, potentially grab Cedric Wilson. Um, because if Amari Cooper doesn't go, uh, you'll at least be able to flip Cedric Wilson in there. Um, and you won't put up a goose egg, uh, for that one week. Um, I freaking love CeeDee Lamb in this one. Uh, he is going to explode. Uh, so I think you're you're good on CeeDee Lamb there. Um, uh, and really lastly, we just haven't touched on the, the tight ends. The tight ends will split time. Uh, Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. Um, I, I like both of them, actually. I think you can get away with playing them. I think they'll have to use them being down as many receivers as they are. Um, so I think we're, we're really all, uh, uh, you're good on most of the pass catchers, assuming they're healthy. Um, great. I don't think we, uh, oh, Sam. So Sam, what are you, uh, what are you most excited about in this game? Honestly, if Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, uh, with Amari Cooper being limited and Michael Gallup out, I'm actually really excited about the Dallas Cowboy tight ends this week. I think Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin are really going to have to show up and give themselves a role and give themselves a piece. And I think they are very valuable. both streaming plays this week because we don't know which way that's going to go between those two that seems like a pretty even split. I actually think I'm most excited about Jalen Hurts here um, I've really enjoyed watching him play to this point uh, he's just an athletic freak I mean really uh, uh, being as fast and strong as he is and his throwing's been pretty good uh, really to be honest and this is an exploitable Dallas Cowboys he, secondary and defense. And so I, I think he's going to have a really good game and he's going to have to put up the points and really show why he's that franchise's quarterback in this one. He's looking so much better than I thought he was. His going throwing to this has season. very much impressed me. Um, sleeper. Who's your favorite sleeper on this one? Um, like I said, one of the two Dallas Cowboy tight ends. No one's looking at them. No one's expecting them. Um, I think the, one of those two are going to pop. I just I couldn't tell you which one. Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. He, um, Dalton Schultz, when looking at it, seems to be a little more of the priority in that. 
but you don't know at week three, you don't know. And I'm going to go on the other side and I'll go with uh, Quez Watkins. Um, He is a slot receiver uh, who is very fast um, and he caught a long touchdown last week. Uh, I think he can do the same against Dallas. So I like him this week if you're streaming. All All right. That wraps it up right. for our game previews uh for week three now we'll move into uh boomer bust um let's see how did last week go sam um uh i did not do well i think i went five and seven it was a little rough um so sorry about that i will turn around i did go pretty good on my first week so i guess i had to turn her uh kind of even out on my second week but um, we are running a little long here, so I'm just going to – let's just do a quick back and forth point. Who are you going for? Uh, uh, um, no, or, no, no, no words. Uh, I went 6-6 six and six just for reference. Uh, bad week. Lost my DFS. It was fucking upsetting. Um, all right. Going into <laughs> booms. Uh, who's your first boom, Sam? Uh, TJ Hawkinson. I think this is the week for him. I think he's going to – that defense is running through him, and Baltimore has been – Picked apart by tight end, so I'm a big uh, DJ. And DJ I will Hawk. also go with the tight end. I'm going Jared Cook. Uh, projected seven and a half points. I think the targets will get him there alone. And this week he'll get a touchdown. I promise. Yeah. Uh, my second boom is going to be Tim Patrick. He's uh, projected 8.8 points. I think without Jerry Judy, he has shown that he is the number two option on that team next to Sutton. And... Teddy B likes to air out that ball, so Tim Patrick is. I think he's two touchdowns for two weeks, or has a touch, had a touchdown each week, and he's going to look to continue that spread. My second one is Marquise Brown at eleven points uh, against Detroit. I think this is an easy boom. He has looked really good to this point and has the speed to break a big one. Um, yeah, I like Marquise Brown this week. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, my third one is going to be Christian Kirk going against that Jacksonville defense. Um, well, these Arizona wide receivers are going to be over. Um, if you have Rondell Moore, start Rondell Moore. But if you're looking for someone to pick up off the wire, start Christian Kirk. Full on, I would absolutely start him this week. And my third one is Cortland Sutton. I mean, my God, did you guys even see him play last week? Twelve and a half points. If he, he didn't even have to get in the end zone to get that to happen. So I'm going Cortland Sutton here. Uh, as a boom. Um, I'm Cordero Patterson. I think he kind of showed Cordero up last Patterson, week and Sam. took a lot of. <laughs> I'm going Cordero Patterson. Hey, we all went to the same college. Um, no, I'm all for Cordero Patterson. Uh, I think the way he took uh, carries and targets away from Mike Davis last week is going to carry into this week. And my next one is Sterling Shepard. Um, I like him this week uh, just based on his target volume that he's been getting. Um, yeah, he's, he's looked good. He's going to get more than 12 points. He has both weeks. Give, give me Sterling Shepard. Um, my next one is DK Metcalf. Like I said, he's going to be going deep. He's going to break that uh, Colorado – or not that Colorado, sorry, that Minnesota D. They're going to miss their coverage. He's going to get that big play, and he's going to be a top five, if not top three. And whenever you're confident the Vikings are going to fuck it up, I tend to believe you. Um, (laughs) Because they do! My next boom is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Only 20 and a half points. What is going on here? Aaron Rodgers is going to go scorched earth the rest of the season. Uh, He's going to be getting more than 20 and a half points. Give me Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, and my last one is going to be Gronkowski. Gronkowski is their red zone target. Gronkowski is Brady's man. And Gronkowski is scoring more than 10 points this week. So I am all about Rob Gronkowski. And Mike Williams is my last man. Uh, he is getting more targets than Keenan Allen. Um, and they go up against the Chiefs where they're going to have to throw a shit ton. So uh, 13 and a half points is not enough. Give me Mike Williams. Who are you busting, Sam? All right, I'm busting. My first bust is going to be Logan Thomas, tight end for Washington, the Washington football team. Washington's going up against Buffalo, and they got Matt Milano. I know I, but I know this stat now. Matt Milano is the sixth best rated uh, uh, linebacker when it comes to pro football focus when it comes to coverage, and he did most of more carries against tight end than anyone else in Buffalo. So I'm guessing Logan Thomas will be finding himself against uh, Matt Milano quite a bit, and I'm assuming he's going to be struggling with that. Uh, my first bust is Zach Moss. Um, I mean, a guy that doesn't catch passes, only red zone threat, going against the Washington football team who was allowed the second fewest rushing touchdowns last week. Uh, he's not going to score, and so I'm out. Um, my second one is Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is about to be eaten alive by Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, and I do not think he will have the time to be productive behind his offensive line. Jamal Williams is my second one. Uh, projected eight and a half points. Um, I just thirty percent of the of the snap share is not enough for me, uh, especially at almost ten points. Uh, DeAndre's just getting more and more work. I, I'm out on Jamal Williams. Um, I'm out on Sony Michelle. I think Daryl Henderson will end up playing this week, and I think if he isn't, they're going to be looking to throw the ball and not put the ball in Sony Michelle's hand. So. I'm a bust, Sony Michelle at 8.7. I'm, uh, my next bust is Allen Robinson. Uh, he's 13.5 points. I just think that's a high mark for playing with a rookie quarterback. I get that this might be the best quarterback he's ever played with, uh, but I still don't know the chemistries there, and so I'm out. Yeah, I, my next one is going to be Mark Ingram. Uh, Houston wants to give him the ball, but Houston sucks, and Carolina is going to make him their bitch, and Mark Ingram ain't going to be doing anything this week. My next one I'm out on is Kamara. Uh, Kamara's projected 19.5 points, and if there's one thing Bill Belichick does well, it's take away your best weapon. He might be the Saints' only weapon, uh, so I just don't think he's going to hit that mark. Expect another dud week from Kamara. And I'm second up. I guess I did two Houston players. Stay away from Brandon Cooks for the same reason to stay away from Mark Ingram. Yeah. Houston's not going to do anything. Their team isn't going to produce just to stay off of that. Especially Sam's with Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Picking all the fucking Houston players. Big damn surprise. They're going to bust. All right, my next. <laughs> I think CMC's going to bust this week. I just want you to know Herman wanted to do that, and I told him that was the stupidest bust. Yeah. Uh, boom, it's the only reason you don't hear about CMC every single week. I know, unfortunate. I'm out on Derrick Henry this week as my next one. Um, I know he had an amazing week last week. You're obviously not sitting him, but it's 17 and a half points. I am afraid of the Indianapolis Colts run defense, um, and I think he is not going to hit that mark. Seriously, I'm going to shut him down. Um, and my last one is going to be Tyler Lockett. Um, the Vikings don't really let anything big plays happen in front of him all the big plays happen behind him and dk is the one that's going to get behind him not Tyler. and my last one is jalen waddle uh tua is no longer going to be starting uh due to injury and so waddle is going to see his targets evaporate um yeah i'm out on jalen waddle yeah 
Anyway, guys, we've been running really long. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been a really awesome show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam underscore Graham, S-A-M-M underscore G-R-A-H-A-M-M. Um, appreciate you following the show. Herman, do you have any last Just that you can comments? find me at FFF underscore Hermdog. Um, and best of luck in week three, everybody. Godspeed. And guys, uh, direct message us some of your starters switch start or sit questions you have coming up or any roster moves. Um, we are talking about what we have to talk about. And if you want any personal advice, you'd be the first one asking for it. We'd love to give it to you. So please feel free to reach out and ask us what's going on. And we'd love to talk to you. But uh, thank you so much, guys. You have a great rest of your weekend. Go win some leagues and we'll see you all here next week.